One day it kind of all came crashing down. I was driving to work, just kind of burst into tears. Five days after my 18th birthday, I had a brand new Audi A3 on my driveway. I got flown to New York for a month, you know, staying in the middle of Manhattan, business class travel, gold Amex, etc. But a few years in, I feel like I was kind of pushed on this path and it wasn't who I was truly aligned to and that I'd just become so far away from who I truly was that this was this kind of moment where I was kind of forced to make changes and look at things a little bit differently. And Alex Hormozzi has this idea that these super successful people are very clinical about their environments. I think that it's very easy to let like little comments that people make around you get in. As you start to become clearer about your goals, it becomes less about, you know, how do I have fun at the weekend and more about how do I achieve what I want to achieve. Welcome to another episode of Big Risk Energy. And on this episode, I am blessed to be joined by the one and only Matt Swain. Matt is an international speaker. He builds brands for entrepreneurs and is an author. Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So Matt, we've already had like an amazing conversation pre-podcast and I'm super excited to speak to you about all the things we discussed. But let's start with the book. As Kobe, producer, said just before, it doesn't sound like the typical story of someone just saying, I'm done with a corporate career, I need to make a change. This sounded a lot more existential and a lot more meaningful. So talk us through what that meant to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, at 18, I kind of started off on a kind of corporate ladder path. I was following the kind of dream that everybody had sold me, um, you know, get a big corporate fancy job, wear a nice suit, you know, work in a nice glass office block in London. Um, and so that's what I did. I started my career in, in a big four professional services firm. And to start with, it was great. Like five days after my 18th birthday, I had a brand new Audi A3 on my driveway. I got flown to New York for a month, you know, staying in the middle of Manhattan, um, business class travel, gold Amex, etc. Um, but a few years in, you know, it, that um, I feel like I was kind of pushed on this path and it wasn't who I was you know, truly aligned to. And so, yeah, what, one day it kind of all came crashing down. I was driving to work um, and just kind of burst into tears. And that lasted for about two hours. Um, thankfully, my grandma's house was, was very nearby. Um, so kind of drove to her house and just, you know, kind of sat in her armchair just crying um and I didn't know what was wrong you know this hadn't happened to me I hadn't heard it kind of happened to anybody else but it was this real moment of pain where I realized that I had been following this path that I probably shouldn't have and that I'd just become so far away from who I truly was that this was this kind of moment where I was kind of forced to make changes and kind of you know look at things a little bit differently and and make make some yeah make some changes wow and when this moment happened the breakdown of tears did it feel like it was a culmination it was heading to this or was this out of nowhere just bang yeah i mean i kind of look back at that morning and like there was nothing different you know i woke up at the same time i had my same morning routine i shut the front door in the same way got in the car and like everything felt so normal and it really was this like flick of a switch within me um but it was definitely this it definitely had come from you know that whole kind of kind of lifestyle building up where I was getting further and further and further away um until it kind of shattered you Mm -hmm. know in, in that moment and you're left to kind of pick up the pieces of that kind of broken glass that's kind of you know spread across the floor metaphorically okay so as a a young professional young man at that time where you you know you have all the pressures that that young men have in terms of earning and making money and all those things at that moment how difficult is to say well i know i'm in the wrong 
shoes for myself right now, as it were, but I'm earning great money. I'm getting all these other things, getting the plaudits. I've got this trajectory to be making 10 times more money. You know, that's a really difficult thing to say, I need to make a change despite the difficulties. Yeah, no, it really is. And for me, that was actually the hardest and strangest part where, you know, kind of life after that kind of continues fairly normally. Um, You know, you kind of explain to people this situation and they don't really understand it. And there's so much resistance in trying to move away into this kind of new new journey and this new path. And yeah, just n- no one understood. And it's like, for me, I had to really trust my deepest instincts. I had to go, okay, like, wh- you know, what do I want and how do I block out the rest of the noise? And I think that this is something that's come up time and time again, where, you know, especially with kind of socials and stuff, you have to block out that noise. You have to not listen to your mom when she's <laughs> telling you to kind of you know take the job or whatever and and really kind of focus inwards and uh, I feel like I've been on this real journey of kind of getting closer and closer to who I truly am and focusing you know more and more inwards um, on how I can become complete in and of myself as opposed to looking into the external world for you know validation attention money success you know accolades whatever that could be Mm, so okay super interesting so what does your process and what did your process at that time look like for getting closer to the self and how does this match up then with brand building in a, a reality where the version that is put forward in social media is probably quite the way that you described success you know pushing things forward all that that side of things how do you marry the two yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's a tough question. Um, I mean, I started around this kind of period posting about my, I got quite into reading and I started kind of, you know, having thoughts from my experiences and the books that I was reading that I started to then share online and got quite into writing. And that was the kind of start of my kind of, uh, you know, this this career in the branding, marketing, social media world. Um, but but I think that, you know, it, it is hard to, to marry the two up. Um, you know, I have a little bit of a controversial view on authenticity in the sense that I believe that your social profiles and your brand online should work for you. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people kind of post things that would move them further away from those core goals and outcomes that they're looking to achieve. You know, so like, you know, I um, I do speaking and, you know, I'm looking to always kind of, you know, look to kind of you know build my portfolio of speaking, etc. Now, if I was to post about this time where I was late for work or something like that, it is going to off-put that decision maker who has got to make that decision on whether they hire me for the gig, whether they're entrusting me with a huge responsibility of Mm. being there on time, speaking to 200 people, not getting nervous, not messing up, you know, not swearing on stage and, you know, not having a breakdown on stage and whatever else. And so, um, you know, I have to I'm, you know, careful. I'm strategically building my brand. And that's what we do with all of the entrepreneurs and, and the founders that we work with. And I find that too many people um, are almost trying to be too authentic and they start to share sob stories and downplay their success and downplay their results um, in order to kind of please their peers and the algorithm. Um, But as a result, they miss out on that end goal that they're looking to to kind of strive towards. Mm. Really, really interesting. Really interesting. So from a social perspective then, what do you think the impact is when so do you, you don't think uh uh one of your 
one of the people you're brand building for needs to embody the brand there can be like a gap between understanding this is an online brand and this is who the individual is rather than the two being one and the same yeah i mean i think it's interesting and as you go on your journey and building a brand i think that there are moments where you are more authentic mm -hmm. and you know you're, you're kind of assessing okay well you know when i shared this this happens, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's more views, whether that's less opportunities or more opportunities. Um, and so I think that you're almost kind of always kind of listening to your listening to the kind of response that you're getting. Um, but I, I do think that there can be a separation between who you are and who you are online. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, like I am not I am I am me and I am trying to be complete in and of myself. And my brand is just uh, a tool that I have, mm -hmm. which helps me to do more of what I want to do, more speaking, more stuff like this, more great conversations, you know, meeting people that are like minded. And so I'm very clear that I'm trying to build uh, me complete and of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then my brand is a tool that I have in my toolkit to, to open more doors. Yeah. And that, that makes total sense to me. It genuinely does. Do you think the people consuming the content appreciate that there can be that difference between you know matt the individual and matt the brand because i think actually from a creator perspective that's a really useful way of, of thinking about it because i think as long as you're creating with the cognizance of well this is a brand this is me and the two don't always need to match up then mm -hmm. i think that makes sense where i think i see creators get into trouble um from a mental health perspective is them almost believing the brand and the self are the same and like you say we don't put out the most controversial or vulnerable or weak parts of the self into the brand and then you have the situation where people were like well i can't be vulnerable i can't be weak in my own life because this people that that sorry this person that people believe i am doesn't have any of those characteristics yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of opportunities to be vulnerable outside of the brand building exercise. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I still, you know, talk to people in depth about stuff, but I choose to do that in an offline capacity mm -hmm. instead of an online capacity. Um, Scott, I had a good, good thought there. No, no, all good. I mean, do, do you think people consuming the content understand oh, yeah. there's a difference? Yes, yeah, so I think like the, the problem that I see at the moment is that so 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 much of content is just pure lies mm. um you know you see it on linkedin all of the time about like you know people getting like 20 leads a week and it's like no way are they getting 20 leads a week they're not qualified they're not book calls you know people are even ca counting kind of con inbound connection requests as a lead now and it's just got kind of crazy you see people talking about the speaking gigs that they have supposedly done but no images no proof of them actually speaking and you know this is just becoming a constant and as I said, like before, like so much of life comes down to blocking out that noise and really focusing on your goals, your strategy, your brand, you and, you know, you and, you know, who you actually are as well to, to, to get to where you want. And I think that people run into troubles where they start believing too much of what they see. And that, you know, if you actually had conversations with these people behind closed doors, you would see the truth. And the mm. truth is just a million miles away. Um, and so uh, there is this element of appreciating that a brand is there to work for somebody and that it does just have the best moments and that that's okay. But um, you need to 
be reflective mm. of, of that. And I, I don't know whether it's kind of speaking to speaking to them behind closed doors or, um, you know, something like that. But I, but I think that tuning out of the noise is becoming more and more important. And more and more people on socials through content are trying to convince you that they have this magic tool that's gonna save your life, yeah. you know, this $99 course. And you can't believe them. Like you, only you have the answers. Um, only you can, you know, put in the work, sign the deals, you know, get to where you wanna be. And I think the more control you take of within yourself, the, the further you can get. Mm. Um, and so I actually think some, for some people like, you know, uh, spending more time in the real world and less time online would help them kind of you know feel more focused and, and get them to where they want to be yeah i think that's that's incredibly well put and i think for creators as well again where i see them get into trouble is when they start to believe their own hype right and it's like almost they start to remove themselves from the individual they are and then they become the idea of themselves on social but no one's perfect right this is the thing no one's perfect so trying to embody perfection is only going to lead to trouble in that way um so you're working with lots of really interesting ceos and business owners and doing some incredible stuff a question i have for you is what trends do you see amongst these people like what what do you see in terms of like their success what, what are the things that you would say right i can see some really interesting running trends that are consistent across these really successful people that i work with yeah i, I think a lot of it is this um is self-belief and uh, I actually went back to my uh, secondary school um, a few months ago and I met with the, the headmaster and I sat in his office we had an hour-long chat and I actually said that th the most important thing I learned from the five years at my secondary school was self-belief in the sense that for me you know I had good grades at, at, at GCSE and A-level and I found that I had this um, self-belief where if I put my mind to you know the end result of you know getting the A and I did the work and I got the A, there was this real like momentum mm. and this real like belief that I could then go and do whatever I wanted to do. And so when I was interviewing, I was 17 interviewing at big investment banks and big kind of professional services firms, big uh, kind of names in the finance space. And I just had this belief that I could do it. This real unwavering sense that like it was gonna work. And it was must have been really weird for my parents and people around me because like I, even with the exams, I would walk into an exam and go, I know I'm gonna get an A in this. and I didn't have any doubts at all. And I think that that's why I, um, that's partly why it happened. You, you put yourself in this mindset where you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna happen. Um, and so I think that a lot of founders and CEOs and kind of successful people have this real sense of self-belief within themselves. And they're not looking for, you know, somebody else to tell them it's a good idea. Mm. They're not looking for, you know, a social media post to get a million views for them to know it's like, you know, the right thing. Um, it's this real like internal self-belief and that's what I'm trying to develop more and more um, because I think that as you go through life you know society kind of starts to condition you and you actually need to unlearn and you have to get back to this like true like you know true self-belief within yourself and so that's part of what I'm, I'm trying to do at the minute amazing amazing and totally agree with you so what does that journey of reclaiming self-belief look like uh, it's I think it is, it's tough, um, it's it's tough to do. I mean, I had it, uh, one, one example where I can I can see it kind of clearly is that I did this post um, with Gymshark, trying to capture Gymshark's attention last year. Uh -huh. And it went kind of crazy viral, got 2 million views. Um, and I ended up going to Gymshark HQ, you know, met with Ben, et cetera. And um, I just had this 
believed that it would work. And and I took was taking these pictures with this giant shark in in the gym, um, and was kind of putting together the, the post. And I was like, this is gonna work. <laughs> and then I post it. Um, within like two minutes, uh, Noel Mack, who's the chief brand officer, replied and was like, yes, we'll make this happen. And the post just went crazy. As I said, got 2 million views and everything else. And um, I'm trying to get back into that mentality where you have this crazy idea, you have this bold thing you want to try and do, and you just you know, start to believe it can happen. And it's why like visualization and, and things like that are, are great. Um, and one of the th other things that I'm trying to do is get more into the body. And so a lot of people spend time in their head mm -hmm. and they think that they can think their way out of problems. But actually, you need to kind of feel your way out of problems. And so it's getting out the head into the body and starting to clear any kind of residual emotional kind of trauma in there um, with positivity and trying to trying to release those emotions. And so that's a big part of what I'm trying to do today is invest in the body just as much as you invest in the mind, mm. um, which is where everybody, you know, we, you know, I think that over the last five years, we've gone shifted too much to the mind. And actually, we've got to get back to the vessel which helps us do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're totally right on that and was so guilty of that myself. I would say for many years, I existed purely as a mind, right? And, and that's it. And it, the vessel was just for the mind, but not appreciating the mind-body connection at all, hmm. right? Didn't matter if I wasn't looking after myself, if I wasn't training, didn't matter because my mind was still working. And um, only once rediscovering the importance and getting into that flow are you able to hit you know, real velocity in that way? And I'd go as far as to say soul as well. Yeah. No, I like that. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that's because uh, so for me, the mind body soul connection, right? I, I think it was first just mind, then mind body and then rediscovering soul as well. I don't know. Is that something that 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 comes into your thinking? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I I got diagnosed as a celiac last November um, and whilst the kind of diagnosis is, is, is fairly fine, it's, it's not you know, not threatening in any way. I spent three months in the run-up to that diagnosis, just completely exhausted. But we're talking kind of sleeping 20 hours a day. I could barely, um, barely kind of last two hours without needing to sleep. Wow. And I went through, you know, doctors and hospitals, blood tests and more blood tests, and nobody could really find the answer because I wasn't showing all of the symptoms of, of a celiac and, um, you know, it just wasn't picked up. Um, and at, during that period of time, you, you you start to kind of realize, okay, the body is everything. You know, my mind was fine, you know, um, but my body was was just n not there at all. And so, um, you know, through from that period of time, I've been through a lot of change, um, you know, stopped drinking, kind of moved on from certain friends, um, you know, changed things in the business, built new habits. And so I, I really kind of can see that kind of body soul mm. side a, a lot more now as a result of that. So with the symptoms of, of celiac, was it just like one day suddenly you've just got these symptoms? Because I, I, for, for, for some reason, I thought there was something you're born with. or So how did it actually like come on? Yeah, so it, it's meant to be like hereditary. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people now getting diagnosed with um, kind of allergies and things like that, which uh, are supposedly more like environmental things, the food we're eating. Uh, you know, the processed food we're eating and things like that. So for me, there's no history of it in the family. Um, there are a lot of people that are undiagnosed as a mm -hmm. celiac. Um, so I think it's like uh, only one in 100 celiacs are diagnosed. Um, so a lot of people are living with that without wow. kind of realizing. Um, but yeah, it's also brought a lot more attention to my gut health as well um, and how important the gut is to 
kind of live a healthy life and how your guts kind of connect. It's like your second brain. Yeah. And so it's kind of opened up this whole new world of energy healing, gut health, and just generally trying to yeah work on the body and, and kind of be be the most energized version that I can be. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, so you've got these symptoms out of nowhere, just suddenly 20 hours a day, just exhausted. I mean, that must be, must have been scary at the time to just out of nowhere suddenly have these things. And, and I, was it like based off around like a, a lifestyle change that these started to come in? Or was it just like one day suddenly I'm fucked, basically? Yeah, I think it was. It, it, it I mean, it, it wasn't um kind of sudden. It was over the course of maybe a couple of weeks. Right, right. And right. then you're like, okay, well, um, I was speaking to a friend on, uh, and they were like, you know, this th- this doesn't sound normal. You should go check it out because yeah. it's very easy to uh, like self-diagnose with like maybe I'm just tired, maybe I need to get a bit more sleep, maybe I'm a bit run down, maybe I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. You know, maybe I'm burnt out. And there's so many other like y- your brain would play tricks on you, and you're kind of yeah kind of think you you can also just think you're a bit lazy you know people just thought that like I just couldn't be bothered and it was really hard to explain like I had this real brain fog I couldn't sit there and focus um and so yeah then I started you know going for kind of checks um and you know got gradually got worse and worse and so I went for more and more checks until about kind of you know this was kind of end of August by November start of November I got diagnosed um so yeah it was it was a, a really really tough period um and you know it's it's that moment where like supposedly you have a lot of success you know i was doing really well um you know on linkedin i was getting recognized out in the streets everybody's saying like you you know you're smashing it i was doing events and just like trying to make it through um you know kind of drinking my way through the events a bit just to kind of give myself the energy which was doing more harm than good um and you know but then you're kind of left to face the harsh reality that you've got no energy, that things are kind of slipping through your fingers. Um, And yeah, it was just a hugely painful moment. Mm. And, um, you know, that pain though led to lots of kind of changes and that change, those changes led to growth, which brings me to where I am today, where I feel more energized, you know, better, better people around me than ever before, you know, pushing myself in, in, in great ways. Like everything's improved and um, in, in the last 12 months, basically. Wow, amazing. I mean, it's great to hear the, the the growth and improvement there. That's what it's all about. And do you think the you know major change you made when you left that big four um, consultancy to start you know a new type of life, um, do you think that transition helped you at this point say, well, I can make a really big change again because I've already made big changes? Yeah, I guess so. I, I feel like I didn't have a choice though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was sat in my therapist's room and you're sat with four blank white walls and there's no escaping reality. You've got to face the situation that you're in, the kind of, you know, the the, the low that, that you're sat in. Um, and there w- my therapist used to say, there's only one way out and that is to move through the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can't move around it. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. You've got to go through it. And it was this one kind of line that just kept ringing in my head, like growth's on the other side, but I have to move through this pain. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't think there was much choice, really. I was I was very much, almost like the time before, I was very much like forced, you know, the, the, the pain happened in such a kind of small amount of time and was so strong, you know, you, 
it, it kind of <laughs> forced me to change. Um, whereas I think some people have, uh, you know, smaller things that go over a longer period of time and it's quite easy for them to settle and, and not make mm. that change because there's not this kind of like cataclysmic moment where they've got to, they've got to abandon their, their yeah. old life. And the, the way that I view it now is like, I had to destroy that old self of me, my self that was didn't have my best interests at heart, that was getting distracted, that wasn't as healthy, that wasn't focused on my body. And out of that old self generated a new self, which is who I am today. Mm. And I think that, you know, actually in order to build a new self, you have to destroy that old self. That old self has to kind of shatter you to pick up the pieces and rebuild them into what you want to, to build mm. them into yeah really interesting but but i think actually um you know you, you should give yourself more credit because I, I i know you say it's not a choice but there are plenty of people who go through incredibly traumatic experiences very very intense br but brief moments of pain and the mind is amazing in terms of what it can do in terms of repression and boxing things off and, the, and there's a lot of people who get in trouble because they don't actually go through the pain and the mind figures out a way to repress forget whatever these things are and um you know some of the uh because i'm i'm you know really really interested in in you know growth and, and therapy and psychology and all these things and you know reading some studies especially around like uh psychedelic assisted therapy um coming out of northern ireland um some of the uh, and you know, Northern Ireland has had a, a real history of, of a lot of, of trauma and, and the troubles and, and lots of difficult things going there. People who had been living with these incredibly painful moments and boxing them away for 20 years, 25 years, going to therapy every week where therapists are not able to get a word out of them, you know, about these things. And then in a psychedelic assisted environment, flooding open with all these things that they've they've not been going through for the last 25 years so i think um although it doesn't seem like a choice at times i, I still think it's a, a very impressive thing to say we're going to deal with this and go through it straight on rather than saying well i'll deal with this in 10 years we'll just put it up in a box and it'll come out in some other way for then so you know give yourself credit on that side yeah i think um a lot of it was due to getting into the body and mm -hmm. it's like as you kind of said your, your brain can rationalize things and you know you know, my therapist used to ask me questions and was like, and I kept uh, answering with, I think it's this, or I think it's because of this. And he used to say, no, don't think, feel. Like, what do you feel? And it's this really common thing that I'm now always asking myself when I make decisions is like, how do I feel? As opposed to like, what do I think is best? And, um, you know, we, we live in this world where like the mind rules us and um, really it's trying to, you know, kind of let the body have its, mm -hmm. have its say as well. Um, and so I found that to be like a super useful kind of, kind of, you kind of like a thing just to say to yourself, like, you know, stop thinking, stop feeling basically. And as I said, move from the mind to the body, um, because the body usually has all the answers. Mm. And even with kind of stopping alcohol, um, my body just knew it was the right thing. And I'm not tempted at all by a drink now. And you hear these people, because a lot of people, when they want to stop drinking, they start to think in their heads, like, I, I want to stop drinking but they've made the decision with their head and not their body. And for me, it was my body knows it's better when I don't drink. And my mind can't say anything to rationalize the idea of drinking. Um, and it's, it's really hard to explain, but like my body made the decision, not my head. Yeah, <laughs> and because so. my body's made the decision, it's so easy because the, your mind is just always playing tricks. It's mm -hmm. like, how can you make more decisions with the body? Because, you know, you're going to stay true 
to those. And I think like when you make habits based on the body, it, it usually works out much better. Mm, interesting. Okay. And in terms of restricting the mind, let's say, um, what does that look like for you? For me, it's been you know meditation to stand up the thoughts. But and and I think it is a. It's difficult. I think the mind is an incredible tool, and I think from my perspective anyway, we shouldn't discount the mind when it comes to decision making. However, it's about calmness of mind. A busy mind with thoughts coming from a body that is not being looked after will destroy you. But when you can treat your body well and have a calm mind, then sometimes I find like, and especially in the creative, so I used to do stand up, for example. And I think especially in creative, sometimes like things will come to you from the ether, like thoughts will pop into your mind as if they haven't come from you and you've got to run with those things. But it only happens in a calm mind, you know, yeah. mind which is full of negativity and all these things will, will not produce well. But I think when you can get yourself into optimum uh, uh, alignment in that way, the mind will give you some incredible gifts. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I think the, the biggest one for me is like stop, stopping drinking and like mm -hmm. the amount of clarity you get. And I actually think all of the benefits come, you know, people do it for a few weeks or dry January, but all the benefits actually start to come after kind of two, three months. And mm -hmm. you just get so clear in your head and the clearer your intentions, I find like the more you can connect to the kind of quantum field and bring, bring energy forwards mm -hmm. and bring opportunities forwards. And so that clarity is vital. It's really hard to get in today's world. As I said, you know, it's about blocking out that noise, developing that internal self-belief and robustness of, of, of who you are in order to, you know, not keep needing drips from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're all kind of hooked up to these drips of, you know, Instagram likes and, you know, even our like, you know, someone in our family making nice comments or like, you know, you do something good and you want people to say nice things. It's like, how can you just like, do the good thing. Um, how mm. can you just like, you know, do the action, hit post without without being attached to that drip mm. in the same really way. Interesting, really interesting. So a couple questions for you. So meditation is that part of, of, of kind uh, calmness of mind? And also how long have you not been drinking for out of interest? Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to do more meditation. I, mm -hmm. I find like the visualization stuff where it's a little bit more active mm -hmm. meditation, um, slightly more kind of interesting. I'm a big fan of Joe Dipenza um, and kind of connecting to that quantum field, um, having that kind of elevated emotion, that clear intention um, and kind of aligning up to that kind of future kind of path and that quantum field. So that's where part of the self-belief I feel like I had this idea that self-belief was important and I think Joe Depends has helped me quantify and put kind of science behind it. Um, and I can't remember the second question. Um, how long have you not drunk for? Oh, so yeah, I mean, uh, so when I had the diagnosis, I um, stopped, stopped drinking. Um, but I, 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 I do occasionally um, have a drink if I am uh, overseas um, okay. and where like the intention is to drink. And so I'm super clear on like, the, in, the intention like will this experience be better if I have a drink um because like contrary to what a lot of people say like if you don't drink like you know going to events or whatever else is, is less fun mm -hmm. I'm not a believer that like you know people can go on nights and like have more fun without drink oh yeah, yeah. Um, if you've been to a nightclub <laughs> sober you, yeah. you know that it's not a place where humans should exist sober yeah yeah exactly and I think actually one of the, the key benefits of not drinking is like if you if you 
stop drinking and you still do all of the things that you did before, mm. then actually there's been no real impact. Like when you stop drinking, you should also be making changes, you know, stop seeing, you know, certain people who may be unaligned, mm -hmm. spend your time in different ways. And so I don't even go to the pub or, or bars now. I, I, I can't, can't go to them. Um, but as I said, sometimes when I'm overseas, like the intention is you know, with friends to kind of have fun, to, mm -hmm. to go on a night out. And so I'm very okay with, with drinking in, in those scenarios. I think if you set two stricter rules on yourself then that becomes the kind of new arch nemesis as it were mm -hmm. and so it's all about intentions you know what do i want to uh what are my goals what do i want to get out of the experience mm -hmm. and how can i best do that yes absolutely very very dangerous to set such uh intense limitations because then that becomes a reward and if you have adhd as well reward equals dopamine so the bigger the payoff the more dopamine the better the focus it's a uh, a vicious self-fulfilling cycle um but really interesting and i i want to ask because you've mentioned it a couple times yeah. so you've spoken about changing friend group or, or cutting people out you know why was that important what brought that on it sounds like it was around the diagnosis as well how, how does it all look and, and what is that most importantly what has that allowed you to do yeah i mean alex hormozy has this um kind of idea that these super successful people have are very clinical about their environments. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that it's very easy to let like little comments um, that people make around you kind of get in as it were. And um, you know, as you start on this kind of path of growth, you start to tolerate less and less. And so, um, you know, like for, for me, like, you know, sitting in a pub for two hours, is just like something I almost won't tolerate. Um, it's just something that I, I, I won't do. And so I think, you know, as you start to go on this path of growth, as you start to become clearer about your goals, it becomes less about like, you know, how do I have fun at the weekend and more about how do I achieve what I want to achieve? Mm. And in order to do that, you have to make certain sacrifices and certain things have to become more important. Certain things become less important. Um, and I've just had this kind of just this shift um, this shift towards people that are more aligned to what I'm doing now. So like, instead of going to the pub, I'll do a gym session with someone or we'll go and do a co-working thing or we'll go for a hike. Um, and so it's just, um, you know, I play a lot of tennis. And so the people I play tennis with are actually the people I see the most. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so it's trying to find, um, you know, kind of like-minded people that are aligned where you want to go. And so you can spend your time um, aligned to how you want to spend your time. And it's also aligned to how they spend their time as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not like uh, necessarily a brutal, we're not friends anymore. No. It's more of a just following, you know, your intuition about what's serving you rather than calling people up being like, yeah, delete my number. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing like that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good to know. It's good, because I think it's so important, right? Because I think when you do get guys like Alex Hamozzi who ultimately a lot of what he's saying is his personal brand you know the, and there will be a gap between his reality and his brand as well um but when people do say that things like that especially in quite a i think sometimes people interpret those messages a bit too brutalistically at times and probably does lead people to being like yeah we're not friends anymore because you're not on the same path and i think it's important to retain our humanity even through the growth because ultimately everyone's on the right journey for themselves or at least feels like they're on the right journey for themselves i think it's not a case of one being better than the other um and i'm not saying that that's what you're suggesting at all but it's a case of saying well i'm just going to follow the right moves for me um, but it's not about being harsh to people who maybe have a different level of ambition because it suits them. And often, I think, are happier yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, yeah I, I think um, a lot of success is driven from insecurity and um, 
you know, I think that people that live a quiet life, etc., usually have it better. Um, yeah. But like, it's just like certain people have a certain certain thing in their mind, and uh, that like seeking out discomfort just mm-hmm. becomes a key factor of you know that satisfaction mm. s- somewhere in the mind um mm-hmm. and you know like a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome being this bad negative thing that you want to try and get rid of whereas for me i see it as something to embrace if i'm feeling scared and uncomfortable it usually means that i'm making r- the right decisions and pushing myself which i know is aligned to me and my goals and the way that my brain works and so um yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like for, for me, it's actually like, how do I lean more into imposter syndrome as opposed to trying to escape it? And I think that that's where a lot of this advice goes wrong because people go, oh, I shouldn't feel anxious or I shouldn't feel this or I shouldn't feel that. It's actually just being accepting of it and then just like moving forwards regardless. Um, you know, I think, you know, people want to control what they're feeling too much and you just want to like feel what you feel and 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 kind of, move on and not let it rule you not let it kind of take over your life basically a hundred percent imagine being so narcissistic that you don't have imposter syndrome being like yeah yeah yeah. no i deserve everything i am this great (laughs) right i I couldn't agree more i think it's terrifying people who don't have imposter syndrome um so i I think that's a really good point so talking about the self and you know the scripts that we tell ourselves and totally um think you're right that people who drive for a certain level of success is ultimately coming down to a feeling of some type of insecurity. Um, So with all the healing, the working through trauma, all of those things, losing that insecurity, does that mean you lose the the drive for success? Because actually it's like, well, actually I'm good. You know, I'm happy with what I'm, I'm happy with my lot. Um, And I think it's something which a lot of people on journeys of, of growth. And I see this in creative industries. I see this in, you know, corporate industries, people who are trying to push to that next level, there is that f- held fear about if I heal, if I can, you know, accept, do I then lose the drive? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a tough question. So I actually um, was recording with uh, Stephen Bartlett and Liam Payne and when he was on the podcast. And I can remember having this conversation afterwards, which was sparked from him being on the podcast around like, do you... Um, do you become complete in and of yourself and then go and, you know, have the power to do what you want to? Or um, do you uh, kind of, you know, uh, do you, <laughs> do you get the, or do you get, um, oh, one, one sec, let me just. No, 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 you go, you go do you for chase it. The, or, or yeah, do you chase the success um, and then that makes you complete and happy? Like which comes first? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I think that a lot of people, there's some amount of um, kind of chasing re- required, some amount of insecurity driving things. But I think you then want to shift to this point where you become complete in and of yourself. And that actually the people that go on to achieve the most, they've kind of, you know, fed the insecurity, they've resolved it. And now they're just able, you know, to get all of this, move forwards and, and kind of, you know, achieve all of this stuff without without that kind of feeling. Mm. And so, like, I, I've probably said, like, the words complete of your, you know, become complete in and of yourself a lot. But I think it's it's now, like, so key for me that, like, you know, I I feel like, you know, I've had insecurities. I've had them satisfied, as it were. And now I want to be, um, like, a, a really strong vessel, a really strong ship kind of sailing um, and, and kind of, yeah, m- moving forwards. Um, 
And yeah, I think the happier you can become in and of yourself, the easier it, it becomes because you, you tie less and less of your uh, self to these outside things. Mm. And it's like, if you can become really, really strong in and of yourself, then the outside world has very little to offer you. Mm. And that allows you to kind of move through, you know, with way less emotion and, and everything else. Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I, I think you are totally right. But I, I also think, you know, being hyper realistic, if LinkedIn went down tomorrow, right, we're mm. in trouble. You yeah. know, and it's like as much as we want to not rely on that side of things, like there is, and as strong as we can become in in and of ourselves, we live in a society now which is totally codependent on the other and codependent on media and acquisition channels and all of these things in order for us to have, you know, some level of success, right? And this is this is a comment on just the reality of, of where the world is in 2023. But, and, and I think, you know, so many points you make are, are are really, really correct. And I think over hundreds of thousands of years, animals and humans have evolved. And when we think about the body and listening to the body, we're listening to all this hard-coded information, this hard-coded gearing towards pursuit you know that pursuit of hunting gathering you know pursuit of food of safety of all these things and it's and and oftentimes i think maybe happiness only can come from pursuit because that's when we when we remove the thoughts of the mind and and you know what 2023 should be actually we're hard-coded to, to continue to drive forward to gather more yeah no i i believe that like progress is the most motivating force in the world and you'll see that like when you have the momentum and you're kind of you know making the progress like everything mm. feels so so good um there are elements of like how can you s still like do the actions required to get the progress even when mm -hmm. things are, are not so good and you know it's a, it's a down month or, or the views aren't there or you know the gigs aren't coming in etc but um you know uh, yeah progress is so important um and you know i think that a lot of people uh kind of shy away from from it but i think that a lot of my satisfaction comes from progress in, in what i'm doing mm. and you know i'm trying to i always kind of look you know where it's nice to look back at the last year and just see that progress that's that's super satisfying that is motivating and um you know i just always want more and more of the kind of progress to yeah. come you know even if it's you know even if it's small progress it's it's it still still has that kind of motivational aspect yeah, absolutely. And I find one of the most valuable things that I do is I've got a to-do list that I've kept every single day since June 2015. And sometimes being able to just look back two years, being like, where was I on December the 18th, 2016, whatever it is. It's so nice to be able to see that progress. And, and absolutely, it's, it's things like that and being able to actually almost like tap back into how I felt at that moment in time and being like, well, this feels great in comparison to that is so motivating to continue mm. to drive forward. Yeah, I think, you know, this word kind of change is viewed very negatively um, and it's a good thing. And it's like the same with feeling an imposter syndrome is good. I think like having change is also good. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm the same with like risk. Um, that a lot of people shy away from taking risks mm -hmm. and they view risk as this bad word that they need to mitigate against and um, stay away from. But I'm like, the bigger the risk, the bigger the rewards. Um, and actually most things aren't that risky. You know, most things can't go that wrong. Um, and so, you know, I think again, like I'm trying to always go, 
how can I lean into risk more, take bigger risks um, as opposed to, to, to shying away from them? And so I think, yeah, certain words in culture are viewed kind of bad, badly upon. Um, and actually those words are going to be a driving force to a more meaningful life. Yes, 100%. I think that's totally right. Risk, whenever I'm thinking about risk, I'm like, if this goes wrong, do I end up in jail? No, okay, well then let, let's take this risk, right? Because I think it, unless it's something that existential, then it's probably something worth doing because I've, I've just been in Miami for the last couple of weeks. And when we talk about taking bets, taking risks, I mean, in the US, that's how they do it, right? They take big bets knowing they're not all gonna pay off. But if you take six big bets and one pays off, you know, the progress you make because it was a big bet, because it was a big risk is so much greater than doing a hundred small risks. So I think it's so important. When I look back where I was at 17 years old in a really bad way of sleeping my cars in my car at times, like just in a really, really bad way, the only way I've been able to get to where I am now at 32, 15 years down the line is risking everything, you know, um, dropping out my masters, right, to, to, to start well, to actually take my business more seriously. Um, all of these things, 100%, it's got to be about big bets. Yeah. So on that note, what's the single biggest risk you've ever taken and what was the outcome? <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I think there's there's a couple, but like leaving the corporate world was, was definitely one. Um, you know, just at the time, like just people thought I was just crazy. Um, and I've got this kind of passage in my book where, um, you know, I kind of talk about just how, crazy the world thought i was mm. and how much like you know kind of i don't know if resentment's too strong but like there's so much kind of like just why are you wasting this opportunity um you know at the time i was 22 you know i had this great career path ahead of me and i was going to leave it um to go and work for some entrepreneurs in in the kind of branding space um but yeah it's the best decision that, that i've made looking back and uh and yeah i'm so happy i, I took that risk and it's like when you have again like the self-belief when you take the risks and you kind of see it see it pay off uh, maybe not immediately but like in the end um you're then just encouraged to take bigger and bigger risks and you believe in yourself more and more and more as things as time goes on nice and how long after exiting the corporate world did you feel validated in that decision I don't know. I, th I think I just knew it was the right decision for me. So I think really straight away, um, mm -hmm. as I said, like I, I tried really hard to block out that outside noise. And so it felt right to me. And that was the most important. And even everything that I do now, it always feels right to, to me. I feel like I'm quite aligned and tuned into you know, what I care about and um, you know, where I want to go. And I feel like I'm quite good at making decisions that align up to, to that now. Um, so yeah, I think I, I'd had so much of the resistance before I was also kind of used to it. Mm. You know, I was used to people doubting me and saying I made the wrong choice and I kind of just got over it. <laughs> I was more like, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> love <laughs> Who cares? That. Yeah, I love that, nice. Okay, cool. Right, my next question for you is, what are you proudest of? It, it sounds really weird. Um, because I'm not, you know, a big kind of like believer of like the traditional education system, but I think I'm I'm probably proudest of my like uh, kind of like GCSE and A level grades because, you know, I, I was never I was always like very much like middle of middle of the class. Um, I even I wanted to take graphic design at um, GCSE, and I can remember like parents' evening in year nine before that decision where my graphics design teacher was like, I'm not sure if you know, Matt can take graphic design. I'm not sure if he's, you know, dedicated enough and sensible enough. I ended up getting full marks in my graphics um, work. And I feel like, you know, um, I feel like 
it was the first moment where I was able to prove what I was able to achieve. You know, it's just you, the exam paper, and it's all that self-belief and, and the hard work. And it's the first time I saw it pay off when I got those grades. And that's just been a key kind of reminder and, and, and self-belief tool for me going forwards. Um, and so I, I feel like, you know, I, you know, th those grades were quite impactful to me and my mindset. Um, you know, the grades le like less so and what it kind of mm. meant, but more so the belief that it gave me and what was possible. And I was able to then go through, you know, the next few years, just believing in what I could, what I could accomplish. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say that. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's starting to build up that proof of ability, mm. right? And it's a, what, something which you can point to even at the early stage, be like, yes, I'm capable. Yeah. Right? And then just helps you get that momentum as you're describing before to unlock the next milestones. And then that stack of proof gets bigger. But it's less of a stack of proof to prove to other people. Like of most course. people see grades, it was a stack of proof for for myself, and that's that's been the, that was the real benefit. Like it didn't really matter, um, you know. Those grades have not really impacted my life, but they've impacted me and who I am and the way that I look at myself, especially early on, which has led to a lot of other things. So, so yeah, it's it's like how, and I think that again, like how can you do things in life that give you that proof for yourself where mm -hmm. actually you're not trying to get validation from anybody else or not trying to get the grades to get this to get that how can you just do things that are complete in and of themselves um uh and and yeah kind of like that basically yeah nice all right cool my next question for you is what does it take to be successful i know you're going to say self-belief but what what beyond that if anything does it take to be successful so i can't say self-belief you, you can say self-belief but there's got to be more than that or is it is it as simple as that self-belief is the re only requirement for success yeah i i think there's a difference between like self-belief and like true self-belief mm -hmm. you know like it's like a lot of people have self-belief but caveats um it's like i think i can do it but like you know i'm a little bit scared or like i'm a little bit it's like unwavering self-belief um and, and that's that's what i'm working hard on i feel like yeah sure i, I you know like i want to do uh speak to like a 500 person audience next year and it's like sure like i think it's possible you know i you know i can see it all working but i'm not quite there at like believing it's going to happen um i'm not quite connecting to that that vision in the kind of quantum field as it were and so um you know i i think it's it's that really true self-belief yeah. where it's like like i had back when i was like i'm going to walk into this exam and i'm going to get the a and nobody's can tell me otherwise and people may think i'm crazy people may think that like um you know like i'm i don't know the word beginning with a where it's like <laughs> apathetic like to, uh, uh people may think i'm arrogant yeah. but like I, I just knew and i wasn't trying to please anybody else I, w I just knew myself like i wasn't kind of kind of boasting about it i just in my head i just knew that i would get the a mm. and i want to get back to that level basically that that's what i'm that's what i'm looking to do where i can go i know i'm going to be able to speak in front of a 500 person audience and um i can just say that to myself and just know it, it's going to work out it's mm, interesting it's interesting the the self-belief and goal setting thing is really interesting as well so uh you know, you know rick rubin um producer has produced like every single artist from you know Kanye West through to the BC Boys through to Red Hot Chili Peppers like he is the the producer you, you recognize him if you saw a picture of him and he said something recently which I found very interesting which was actually goal setting means putting limitations on yourself true self-belief is going 
beyond and transcending goals. Because actually, if we set a goal to speak in front of 500 people, mm. then we're denying ourselves the intention and awareness of speaking in front of 5,000 next year. So I thought it was a really, really interesting one, which is like the idea of setting goals points you at achieving a certain aim. So if we have true self-belief, we shouldn't be limiting ourselves in that way. And I think, so we've got something called the reticular activating system, which is the system that um, operates between the eyes and the subconscious. So when we set, put messages into our subconscious, our eyes are then looking out for these things. And it doesn't happen on a conscious level, right? It's all background processing. So if we were to set goals which are actually maybe somewhat restrictive, are we stopping this you know, uh, awareness machine from from driving us to, to bigger things. So I think it's a really interesting one. And because I've always been goal setting as well. Mm. Um, and I think this year will be the year of just not setting goals, but going down true self-belief in that way. Yeah, I think it's about like, yeah, connecting to that vision. Um, and like, I'm really against like affirmations and manifestation and, and all of that kind of things. Um, but I am really big on like Joe Depenza's kind of philosophy of a really clear intention with an elevated emotion can get you to where, where you kind of want to be. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm also trying to tap into that kind of bigger, mm. that bigger sphere of things and, and playing in this kind of, um, kind of, I don't know, it, 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 to people that kind of, um, you know, it, it can kind of be a confusing thing when you're talking about like the quantum field and bringing opportunities forwards and like the self-belief and vision stuff. But I think when you're in it and you can kind of really feel it, it kind of makes sense. And, and you start like you start to see it working and then you just want to do more and more of it basically mm, um, yeah and, and so I think this like yeah connecting to the vision is is something that mm. that like you know once you see you want to do more of it yeah yeah 100% and it's interesting because for me the manifestation thing is not I don't have a vision board right I never yeah. read the secret it's um it's actually intention and awareness that's exactly what it is for me is it's just having clear intention on what you want to achieve but then the awareness to see that these things exist in the content of consciousness more often than we think it's our busyness of mind that stops us from being able to you know capitalize on those things and really take those opportunities so um because i think manifestation is probably so poorly defined and ranging all the way from really really you know far out very very pseudo stuff all the way through to just you know potentially intention and awareness um okay my next question for you is is there anything you wish you did differently so like at, at the time, um, you know, I think that some of those like painful moments you think, oh, maybe I should have picked a different path. Like for me, I joined this professional services firm at 18. Um, you know, maybe I should have gone to uni normally, whatever else. But then I look at where I am today and I'm like, all of those past experiences have led me to where I am today. And um, actually like some of those painful moments that I've been through have been really important and supercharged my own like personal growth and um have <laughs> kind of opened these opportunities like i needed those experiences like they're there for a reason um and at the time it feels like life's unfair and all of this stuff but within you know a period of time you start to kind of look back and and appreciate that they're there to uh, as a lesson to learn and i think like the more lessons you can learn you know the better life gets basically because you see reality more clearly um and so uh like in hindsight yes but like in looking back now like no i would have everything the way that it's that it's been yeah love that love that all right my last one for you today is 15 year old matt walks in the room right now what are you going to tell him so like i would 
I always think like that version of me is just so different to who I am today. Even the version of me last year is very, very different. And so I would say like everything that I know that I knew back then is going to change. I'm going to change. Like everything's going to be changed and that's okay. Like almost the fact that you can, you know, like the beliefs that you have, like everything can change and, and that's a good thing. Like I think like back then I was like, I want to get to be a big four partner. I want to, you know, I want to like, you know, make a million pounds a year, like all of this kind of stuff. Um, I want, I want the Ferrari and that's all changed. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I would just tell him that like things can change and, and that's okay. I love that. Matt, you're a legend. Where can people find you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on um, all the kind of platforms like Instagram, um, at Matt Swain underscore and, and LinkedIn are my main platforms. So yeah, go, go check them out. Nice one. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Amazing. Thank you for having me. It's a great convo. Thanks for watching the episode. And if you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe below so that you can support the podcast and we can keep on bringing you amazing new guests. If you want to see the other amazing episodes in this podcast, click into our series section. As ever, if there are any other guests or topics you want us to explore, just let me know in the comments and we'll do our best to bring someone in.